Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are back here again with another great edition of the Con and Bob podcast. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Voice is still a little coarse, as you can hear, so mm -hmm. mind my voice, but um, I'm doing well. Let me just get this camera. There we go. Oh, that's good Get to hear that. a little more you're centered doing. for you. I, I don't think we've ever spoke and your voice hasn't been hoarse. Like, I've known you for, like, what, almost, what, four years now? And it's, mm -hmm. it, it's ridiculous every time four I hear Four or five, you. technically, yeah. yeah. It's, um, I, I have a joke with people I know about that, how, like, I don't even know my own voice. Yeah. I don't know what my own voice sounds like because it's always something is wrong with it, whether it's lost whether it's coarse, whether it's this or that, something is off. And I'm like, I don't know what my real voice sounds like. <laughs> Honestly, it I don't think I've ever heard it. You know what, though? This voice, current voice, makes it great for when I'm singing the blues, though. Does it's it? It's amazing. You, you want to oh, give, uh, songs? you want to give, like, the great Con and Bob podcast listeners, like, a little taste of that magic? Not even in the slightest. <laughs> no. All right. Well, why don't we give them a taste of the magic that was Monday Night Raw? And let's start things off with the Segways. Shield. Segways. They're awesome. Yeah, the Shield, man. Uh, it was a feel-good start to Monday Night Raw. Obviously, you know, it was billed as the last match of the Shield at Fastlane. Which, by the way, overall, before we get into Raw, Fastlane was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, start to finish, it was good. Well. We're not gonna we're not gonna break down every single match. Is there? Everybody's already done that. But overall, I thought the Just go show. Go back and watch the Bobcap. Exactly. Yeah, that's all you got to do. <laughs> oh man, that thing was a drunken mess. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, the Shield coming out uh, after their supposed last time ever teaming together. I don't believe that, but they came on out. Uh, had a quick little promo. Basically said that they're all moving on. Put their fists in the center. And then it moved on to Seth Rollins' promo, which is when this segment started to pick up. I, nothing really mm. happened with the Shield, right? No, it was and, just like a nice feel-good moment. It was just kind of sweet. And I think that's all it was meant to be, you know? It was just a sweet moment. Kind of a... In a way, the fans are able to now move on from the Shield because we do have closure, yeah. right? And I think that is the biggest thing. There's always... That, like the first Shield reunion was a mess with Roman Reigns. Uh, I can't remember if he was sick or if he was if he was suspended at the time. No, he was sick, right? When uh, the mumps was going around or something like I can't remember. But yeah, when the was Shield... that was that when Kurt Angle had to. Yeah, yeah, that's when Big Daddy Kurt stepped in. <laughs> but yeah, I it, so we kind of got closure from that very first uh, reunion. Right, and we we needed that because the the whole Shield reunion was a mess to start off with. Then we get the final match, and now I think we can officially begin to move on, which is good. It, it feels good to be able to move on almost officially from yeah. the Shield, right? What are your What are your thoughts yeah. on that though with the Shield? I don't know. It's nice they'll always hold a special part in everyone, every wrestling fan's heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and like it's always nice when teams don't. Like, this is a nice breakup because I like this style of breakup because they're still going to be there for each other. They still have each other's backs, stuff like that, but they're not going to be the shield anymore. They're like, listen, we're moving on. We're doing our own thing, but we're always there for each other, right? Yeah. So I, I like I like that style because it's not a breakup, right? Like every stable, every faction, every team, every duo, whatever, doesn't need to break up, quote unquote. They just need to move on. 
I absolutely agree, man. Like sometimes, you know, the breakups work. I mean, we've already had the shield breakup, right? You don't want to tarnish uh, the legacy of the shield by having them break up again and again and again and again, because then it gets to the point when they reunite together. It's like, why the hell are they reuniting? You can't trust each other. You guys know this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so it's nice to see like uh, having a bit of closure, even if the way that we got to it was weird. It was certainly still a feel good moment seeing all of them put their hands in the center for the very last time. Yeah. And they're not quite fully broken up. Like it's still this vibe of them together right now in storylines because of uh, what happened later in the night. Mm-hmm. But I like that we're kind of building toward that. You know, they're moving on. Seth's going to go on to hopefully slay the beast at Mania. Yep. Uh, Dean's Dean's not re-upping his contract, and he's going to – we have no idea what he's going to do. It's up in the air. Just because he's not re-upping his contract doesn't mean that he's leaving WWE. Mm -hmm. He just said that he's not re-upping his contract. He wants to play the field. You know, see, let some – you know, let some offers come in from – other places maybe he resigns maybe he doesn't who knows let's find out when it happens that is kind of the fun here that uh they've turned like if if he is having a contract dispute in real life and they turned it into a storyline kudos to them right that's what you do you blur the lines of reality i'm just i'm having a really tough time buying into it It, honestly (laughs) though like it might not even it might not even be a dispute yeah just because he he's not re-upping right away doesn't mean there's a dispute it just means there's they let it get this close to the deadline, right? Like think of it in other sports terms, right? Free agency date of like NHL, July 1st, every year. If you don't re-sign a guy by June, like if a guy's not re-signed by June, why would he not just wait out an extra month and see what the offers are? Very true. Wait the extra month and see what happens. Doesn't mean that you're cutting ties or burning bridges with the company that you're with or the team that you're with just means, listen, I don't know what's out there. I've never been like, I haven't been a free agent in like a decade. I don't know what's uh, this current wrestling industry seems really interesting to me. Maybe I want to see what's out there. Yep. That's fair. If I end up coming back, then that's my, that's my decision, right? That's on me and that's cool. But in the meantime, I'm, we're close enough that I have the opportunity for the first time in a long time to see what else is out there. Definitely. So man. why not? Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it for sure. You know, comparing it to other sports, it's it's not weird for this to happen in other sports. Just weird because wrestling is so kayfabe driven, right? And when you hear real life stuff, you're like, oh yeah, there's actually real yeah, people but... behind like you know the characters. <laughs> so is most. So is most professional sports. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, all right. Anyways, let's move on to the Seth Rollins promo, though, with Paul Heyman. I thought this was actually a very, very solid promo. It didn't advance the story really anywhere, but it it put the, it put the focus right back onto the story, which it needed to. Right. The, the focus yeah. was taken off of Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins going into the shield match. And then now this puts it right back on him. Um, I like the little sneak attack from Shelton Benjamin, though. It, it, oh, I loved it. That was actually a really cool moment to see happen as a lot of people pointed out like uh him and uh brock lesnar shelton benjamin and brock lesnar go way back like they trained together i i believe they were at like the same if i misquote this i apologize but i believe they were they at, were like, the talking same... about it like commentary team was talking about it okay you want i know you don't there? you don't hear yeah. the commentary team but uh like commentary team was talking about that how 
he like train he trained Lesnar a lot. Like he was a trainer with him and he helped him train back in the day at the University of Minnesota or yep. wherever it was. Um <clears throat> where they went. Both of them went, they trained there together, they wrestled there together. And then coming into WWE, apparently Shelton trained Brock. Well, yeah, a lot they, they to were get both him. down in OVW at the same time, right? Because Shelton mm-hmm. Benjamin was a part of that mega class of like John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, I was Randy Orton in there and Batista as well, or is Randy Orton the next class after? I can't remember. Um but Batista was a part of that class as well. It was like this mega class to come through OVW, right? And yeah, so they they date back quite a bit, and it was really cool to see that come through on the screen, right? Little attention to detail is what these new writers seem to be doing, and I'm loving yeah. it. Like, seriously, we, we talk about like planting detail. seeds and like paying attention to past storylines. That's what good writing is. Like, they should be the ones presenting these stories, not having fans tell them facts about the stories that would make the match more interesting, right? The way they presented that was perfect. I really like what they did with the match. Uh, and I mean, the match itself was solid as hell. Oh, yeah, Shelton. Like, Shelton is a really good wrestler. I also really like that he's got something. Like, and you and I were just talking about this recently. Like, there should be more Heyman guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, while you're on that, while you're on that, did you hear the rumors of uh, Ronda Rousey being paired with Paul Heyman? Oh, yeah, they're amazing. They're going around right now. Uh, apparently, like after her, like she's got this run right now, and she's supposedly going to be taking time off after WrestleMania. Imagine her coming back as this badass heel again with Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. Well, God. you and I have been saying it for literally since she debuted. Like, mm-hmm. we have. Been. Why is she not with Heyman? Like, put her with Heyman. Mm-hmm. It's gonna I be amazing. Agree. So yeah, anyways, though that, that match was actually really, really solid, uh, there was only one question that came to mind. Why was Shelton Benjamin a SmackDown Live superstar on Monday Night Raw? But we don't really have to read too much into that. It was fresh to the see superstars switching team. around. Oh, did the, did they address that? Because Heyman sat in on commentary. Okay. Um, And he basically... They implied that he hired Shelton Benjamin. Oh, uh, okay. He said, and he literally said, like, I paid Shelton to attack him. I did not pay him to have Shelton Benjamin to have an impromptu match with Seth Rollins. Mm. And then they're like, oh, so you did pay him to do this. And he's like, yeah, regardless. <laughs> like, okay. Man, but, the, yeah, the stuff he said, that I like, missed, he, Yeah, he said because they go way back, he had reached out to Shelton. Like, can, like attack, basically come over, attack Seth. And, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like Shelton was going to do anything on SmackDown. Oh, yeah, no, I'm definitely not mad about (laughs) seeing. And, I mean, honestly, let's face it, the brand split every single day, every single week is coming closer and closer to an end. Becky Lynch and Charlotte, two SmackDown Live superstars, are fighting for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, but they... But that's what I mean, right? The brand split is slowly coming to an end. You're seeing more superstars swap around. The but that everyone mentions that and it kind of frustrates me the whole like Becky and Charlotte are SmackDown superstars fighting for the Raw Women's title. I'm like Becky won the Royal Rumble. She's the right to pick either brand. Happens all the time. We've seen oh, yeah, it before. Yeah, yeah. That's her right. That's not a weird thing. The weird thing is Charlotte coming over, but it's not that weird when the head of WWE is like, "You're the person I want in this match." Okay. I, Kevin Owens was the same way. Kevin Owens was a raw superstar when he got injured. It's the same way. You're not going to turn down the opportunity just because 
the boss of the company is like, come over and rest. They don't have to pick from Raw if the big boss is saying this is what's going to happen. He yeah. gets to pull the strings. He gets to do what he wants. But the, it's very, very weird when you're seeing both Charlotte and Becky Lynch on both Monday Night Raw and both SmackDown Live fighting for just the Raw Women's Championship. If they wanted to, like, you know, they could have made this whole feud be on Monday Night Raw. I feel like a lot of the SmackDown segments have been unnecessary, to be honest, in this feud. They've yeah. been getting it over fine on Monday Night Raw. It's almost like they've been letting Monday Night Raw be the Ronda Rousey part of it. And then SmackDown, they're just like, okay, just go out there and get cheap heat or cheap pops or whatever and just keep this feud going. Meanwhile, as a result, it's made the fanfare for Becky Lynch a little bit less. People are starting to turn yeah. on Becky Lynch. We're seeing it on social media. People are saying they're tired about seeing Becky Lynch. They're tired of hearing the whoa. like Because she's being overexposed now on every single show. If, you get, if yeah. you're going to have a brand split, you cannot have people jumping back and forth from show to show like that, fighting for one championship. It just doesn't, it doesn't work, right? Yeah. When other superstars are not allowed to do it. That's my only gripe with the, the situation. Mm. However, if they are moving in a direction where the brand split is coming closer and closer to an end, where it's not necessarily like a hard line of one person's on Raw and one person's on SmackDown, like, and it's more people like Aleister Black and Ricochet where they're able to interchange between brands or or whatnot, right? I, I think we're probably heading in that direction, and I, it'll be good. I don't want them to, if they go in that direction, I don't want them to get rid of any titles. Though. Neither do I. No, I want like the SmackDown titles and the Raw titles, but the ability to change between shows. If you've got nothing going on on SmackDown... Yeah. Why not just allow them to come over to Raw? That's why I've always also been saying that the general managers should be interacting with each other more so on a weekly basis. Like, why not propose trades? Why don't we see, like, more trades happen in the WWE between brands? If you were going to have a legitimate Raw versus SmackDown, if you're the general manager, wouldn't you try to make your roster the best it could possibly be? And if there's superstars who are undervalued, not being pushed, wouldn't you want to swap them out for other superstars from the other brand? I've never understood why that hasn't really been a thing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my only little thing there, though. But, yeah, uh, overall, the, the Shelton Benjamin was really nice to see on Monday Night Raw. And, yeah, anything else for you? I just like Sam and on, seeing him on TV. I liked that he was kind of, like, you could tell he was kind of wrestling almost like Brock Lesnar to an extent, like, with the aspect of he just did German after German mm -hmm. after German. Like, he was just throwing Germans around. Um, I like that. I, I Shelton's great. Seth is great. They had a good match. Paul is great. It was a good segment. And I like seeing guys that don't get utilized well on TV, so... All right, speaking about guys not getting utilized well on TV, uh, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. They took the title off of Finn. You and me, a week ago, we were just praising how perfect Bobby Lashley is in this role that he's in. We were praising how perfect Finn Balor was in the role of the mid-card champion. And I get it. The story was Finn Balor took the championship off of Leo Rush. And now Bobby Lashley gets his one-on-one -on -one match, and the bigger man overcomes the smaller man. But damn because it, man! Because of the little man's because the little yeah, because of the distraction. But man, couldn't we have just seen the title on Finn going into WrestleMania? Like, ah, uh, it's it's just part of me. Like, part of me is looking at this, saying, okay, maybe there's big plans for Finn at Mania. 
right? Maybe they got Finn versus Undertaker planned. Who knows? But I don't think they do. They seemingly took this title off of Finn just to get a reaction. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um. Yeah. I don't like it. I I I don't not like it, and I don't like it. It's because this isn't a shot against Bobby Lashley either, right? Like, no, he's like, been doing he's good. Cool, he's good. He's solid, right? Like, yeah, it's fine, and I understand a lot of it, and whatever, and I Leo Rush, but I'm like, there's no automatic rematch clause. Why did Bobby Lashley get a rematch? Well, I mean, that one is because he didn't get pinned to lose his championship. I don't care. That was the stipulation. <laughs> okay. That was the stipulation and there's no rematch clause. It's stupid. It's stupid if you're going to be like, there's no rematch clause. And this is the stipulation. Even if he pins Leo Rush, he loses the title. Cool. But then all of a sudden be like, well, I mean, it was a little unfair because you didn't really, you made well, the fucking rules. You made the rules. Okay. Don't don't change it, right? Like that's what I think. I'm like that's so dumb. Why does he have a match? He didn't earn it. He lost well, it fast lane. He hasn't done much to deserve it. Well, I'm pretty sure last week didn't he just pin Finn Balor as well? Hang on. I think he might have on Monday Night still... Raw. Like that's yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he pinned Finn Balor last week on Raw as well. Uh, so that to me earned a shot. Yeah, against that was the, the IC title. Um, that was a three v three match, right? Yeah, it was like Braun Finn and yeah. No, I. I I think he absolutely like the story was told perfectly in order for Bobby Lashley to get a rematch to be quite honest. Um it's just like you know I don't like the result that's all but yeah. I understand I, just, the, I understand the story perfectly. Leo Rush got pinned to lose the championship. Bobby Lashley pinned Finn Balor at a later time on Raw gets his one-on-one opportunity. That makes perfect sense. I just wish Bobby Lashley would have lost. Yeah, it just is a weird thing for me i don't i don't like it because they they, my issue with it is they didn't really tell that story they were telling that story while they were busy with the shield and bobby lashley drew mcintyre baron corbin story so i'm like you're really not i mean it was a two-week title reign right pulled us away from it and been like oh no focus on bobby lashley in this other match against the shield and then all of a sudden you're like, by the way, he gets a chance at the title. You're like, what? Uh, yeah. They could have just not had Bobby Lashley in that. Like Elias was attacking okay, I'll people give you with them. Put Elias with Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre then, and then have Bobby versus Finn. Yeah, at, but that's uh, the main that's not the story the that's been told long term. That's just not the story that's been told long term. You've had Bobby Lashley interacting with Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre that entire time. The, no, he he picked up a win over Finn Balor the week before on Raw, didn't lose his title, like didn't get pinned to lose his title. I think that absolutely earns every right to get a rematch, man. To be quite honest, I just don't like how. The, okay, the fact he picked up a win against Finn mm-hmm. in a three v three match. Still, you pin the champ. You pin the champ, yes, but I'm pretty sure there was also. Like shadiness in that. Yeah, you still pin the champ. That deserves a shot at a title, especially when you are not the one who loses the title, right? Like, it, there's definitely reason to not like the result of the match, but you, I don't think you can say too much on how they got there. Sure, Bobby Lashley losing at the pay per view sucks, and that threw him off, and I will give you that. But yeah. the story outside of that made perfect sense for him to get at least a shot at getting his title back. I just don't like how they told 
two storylines at the same time. Like they could, I would have been fine with whatever if they did this exact same storyline. Like he pins Finn in a three on three and he never lost it, whatever. And Leo interferes and all that. And he wins it. Do that at Mania. Like build to that after Fastlane. Don't tell us two storylines at once with the same person and expect us to be like, oh, okay, cool. Again, I understand. This, again, this could very well be to build to something for Finn at Mania. Maybe something came up, right? Like, who knows? Maybe. Demon, Demon versus the Dead Man, right? And if that needed to be without him, I have don't the want inter- to see Taker at Mania. I, I don't either, but that's the rumors going around right now. So, you know, like, I, I we don't want to see it because Taker is literally walking on bones or whatever. But, like, honestly... Finn Balor, if they took the title off of him that soon after, part of me is just hoping that there is something going on with Finn in the back scene. They got something planned for him for WrestleMania or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like the result. I wish Finn was still the Intercontinental Champion. I really do. The I will give it a positive. I I like how he won it back. Okay. I like that it was like Leo lost it and Leo basically won it back. Yeah, that's the great story. That's like honestly, like the story was told fine. Cost, yeah, Leo cost Lashley the championship, and Lashley won it back because of Leo. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's fair. That's a good storyline that way. I was like, that's fine. I just, I don't like, like, there's no point in those short title reigns, especially to a guy like Finn Balor. No offense to other guys like the R Truths. No offense. An R Truth or like B Team or whatever. Those types of guys winning titles for two weeks, three weeks, whatever. It's like, oh, that's nice. They got a title reign. That's awesome. I like it. Let's use it as a transition to someone new, to something different. Mm-hmm. There's no point in taking a guy that is a Finn Balor caliber of superstar and being like, Let's take the title off. It's not even like they took the title off him to then give it to like someone new, like Elias or something else. They were like, let's take the title off him for two, three weeks and then just have him lose it right away to the same guy that he just beat. It is backwards booking. Definitely. It is. It feels like they literally just went back in time just like two months ago, right? Sort of thing. It, it does yeah. with the title win. Uh, we, we don't get really any new advancement from the story. So, but hey, uh, let's, let's like, if we're going to push past it, let's push past it. Let's see what's next for Finn Balor. I, I honestly don't know, but I hope that something happens at WrestleMania. I hope he doesn't That's get left off the thing. card. I hope he doesn't get left off the card because if he was challenging at the Royal Rumble for the Universal Championship and he's not even on the WrestleMania card or in, like, the stupid Battle Royal, that's going to be a piss-off to me, and I will rant on the podcast. So look forward I, to that. <laughs> my big thing is I don't want him off the card, but also I don't want him in this rivalry anymore. No, I don't either. It's done. You yep. don't have an automatic rematch clause. Yes, he got screwed out of it because Leo... I don't care. He didn't That's even win. The, he didn't even pin the champion to begin with, right? So you know yeah. what? Yeah, get out of there. You lost to the champ, right? Bobby beat you one on one. You needed a two on one handicap match and to pin Leo Rush to win the championship, yeah. right? I mean, Bobby also cheated to win it back. You still lost so. to the champ. Still lost to the champ, right? Yeah. That's. Uh, but what I'm saying yeah. is, from a booking standpoint, they make the stipulations. They make it no rematch. Don't give him his rematch. Let him move on. Do something different. I do not. Next Monday, I do not want to see. Bobby Lashley interacting with Finn Balor. All right, so look uh, forward I, I'm to okay next with Monday. Finn being like, <laughs> fine, 
I'm okay with Finn being like, fine, I lost, whatever, I'm moving on to bigger and better things. Set up his WrestleMania storyline, whatever it is. Bray Wyatt, I don't care. Like, Yo, hey, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we never got the Finn Balor-Bray Wyatt match from Survivor Series. Just don't make it the cross-dressing thing again, but you could still do the match. I don't even care if he teams with Bray Wyatt. I don't care at this point. Like, do something different. Just get him on the card. And give Finn his chance. Let's talk about Ronda Rousey now. Uh, so, Ronda Rousey has fully flipped on over to the dark side. She is straight up a badass. She's a full-blown heel. She doesn't give two craps about anybody, especially Dana Brooke. Uh, so, that was interesting to see Dana Brooke's music hit for her to come out and for her to be the one standing up for the entire Raw locker room. room. Um, I... I I wanted to give Dana Brooke the benefit of the doubt with this entire segment because, you know, sometimes new superstars just need an opportunity to shine. She tried. I don't think her delivery was all that great. Her uh, her spacing of the promo was just a little weird. She got very emotional for parts that she probably shouldn't have been getting emotional for, <laughs> and she couldn't seem to spit the promo out like she was forgetting her lines every three seconds. Yeah. So... I think it was a failed opportunity for Dana Brooke to really impress. Um, however, Ronda Rousey beat the living piss out of her, and I loved it. It was good. Uh, so, love to see Ronda Rousey continue this badass uh, type of character. However, she is very close to getting over again with the fans if she keeps this up going into WrestleMania and not being as hated as she is. Yeah, I um, I like the segment overall. I like Ronda right now. I... I know what you mean by that. I think a lot of fans too, like it's weird how heels are nowadays because they'll get over because they're bad. Yep. Because they're dicks. And it's like a lot of fans, it's out of like a respect thing. Like we're like, oh, you're doing a great job. It's like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Mm. It's like you can't help but the respect the actor. Heel. Yep. You can't help but respect the actor. Be like, God, that kid, Jack Gleason is real good <laughs> because I hate him. And, like, it's the same thing. You're like, oh, Rhonda's terrible. Like, good good on her. Yeah, good for you. Add a, like, way to go, Way Rhonda. to step up to the plate, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're like, way to step up to the plate. Good work. Woo, you're killing it because I hate you. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird cheer thing, right? Like, and, and it's weird, too, because it's... I like, you can't have two of the same heels. And they're doing a triple threat. They're doing two heels. Can't have two of the same heels. So Charlotte's this one type of heel. And then there's... She's like the hand-chosen corporate yeah, heel. Yeah. And like that one gets a lot more hatred than Ronda. Ronda's like stepping up against... She's a heel that's like the same as Becky almost. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, fighting against the authority. Like fighting against the the man so to speak right like because i'm the man and, and then ronda's like i'm not gonna do what they tell me to do and you're like yeah that's that's like you're the leader of a rebellion yeah all right that makes sense yeah <laughs> you're cool like that person is cool anytime someone's like i'm not gonna do what they tell me to do everyone's like society's like hey that person's pretty cool and honestly and, so it's a weird thing that you're like let's make her bad but say those things mm. it's it's honestly really interesting when you look at the character differences between Ronda Rousey and um and Becky Lynch. There isn't many. When you're literally mm -hmm. pointing it out right there, there really isn't much. 
And the only reason why Ronda Rousey really is a heel in this program is because she's going up against Becky Lynch. Yeah. And the fan support for Becky Lynch is there. But when you look at like the, the promos from Ronda Rousey, if she wasn't directly trying to get heat from the crowd by saying, screw you, I don't care about you, if she just drops that out of her promo, she is like yeah. the biggest Stone Cold Steve Austin-style babyface that there is. Well, that's literally what yeah. Becky did. Exactly. Remember so the very much... first heel, heel promo that Becky cut mm-hmm. was like kind of against the crowd as well. And then they were like, ah, no, they're too behind her. So they just had her drop that portion of her promos and of her character. And now she just doesn't rip on the crowd. And it's perfect. And it she works. And the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there's the same thing with Ronda. The only, but also on the flip side, Ronda's like heel to the crowd that she's at. But certain times she's like making other crowds watching from home be like kind of support her. Like I can't help but watch her be like, you booed me out of my own hometown and be like, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Like as a as a person, as a fan, I'm like, that's not cool. Why would they do that? Now I'm now the heel in this situation is the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I'm behind Ronda on that. I'm like, yeah, that's not that's not cool, Staples Center. And I'm like, that's... Toronto would never do that. Well <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's let's not say that. <laughs> um, but no, honestly, yeah, it's it's been going really, really well this entire feud, I think. As many people as they wanted to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, I think the inclusion of Charlotte has given it legs to get to WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and she she brings it. Like, here's also the awesome part with the feud is that every single person in this feud has a little bit of their dickish heel, heelish side to them, right? And, mm-hmm. like, they are getting slightly called out by the other person on their crap, right? Like, Charlotte calling out Becky Lynch on SmackDown Live was awesome because Becky Lynch, yeah, she's basically taking credit for something that Ronda Rousey made happen, making that match happen, making the WrestleMania match happen uh, by punching Becky Lynch in the face, right? Or in the midsection, whatever it was at Fastlane. So I like that they all have this like heel side to them and you can honestly, as a fan, root for whoever you want. Sure, Charlotte is definitely like the full-blown bad guy, but Ronda Rousey has enough for you to root for her. Becky Lynch has enough for you to root for her, and you can legitimately pick which one of the three you want to go for, and it's awesome. Yeah, and Charlotte has enough of a case Mm -hmm. that you could be like, she deserves it. And also, she has been screwed over a couple times since Becky Lynch has come around, right? She Becky Lynch entered last in the Royal Rumble to eliminate Charlotte last, and Becky Lynch was not supposed to be in the Rumble. So yeah. there is also still that to Charlotte that she absolutely has every right to believe she belongs in the main event of WrestleMania and not Becky Lynch. It's a really good story. It really is. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to Elias. Uh, again, perfect filler segment. Elias playing guitar, getting interrupted by somebody, and then either hitting him with a guitar or the drop kick like he did to uh, No Way Jose. It's perfect filler. It's I, I really liked how aggressive he was in this segment. Mm-hmm. But by the way, loved it. what the hell is going on with No Way Jose's hair? I told you. I know he, you t- You told me, but it. holy crap, like that, it was a lot more vivid than I thought it was going to be when you were telling me. Yeah, holy crap, man. Like that is, that's greener than Naomi's hair. Yeah, just something different. It's It's something. Um, something different is accurate. It's something different. <laughs> something different. It up. <laughs> no. I mean, his character was stale. You do something to change it up. Yeah, it didn't. Really maybe change. that's just him. Maybe he just. I to I don't up. know, man. I think it made his character worse. <laughs> he looks more like a jobber now than ever. 
He does kind of uh, look like a creative character. He really does. He's, uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. Natalia versus Nia Jax, the match that barely happened. The story is, however, that Beth Phoenix is back. And mm-hmm. the Divas of Doom are aligned together again. So, we gotta start now thinking, where is this heading? I, I would not be surprised if they're involved in the tag team title match at WrestleMania, somehow. I would not be surprised if they had, like, this Legends team of the Divas of Doom versus Nia Jax and Tamina versus Boss and Hug versus Iconics in a Fatal 4-Way tag match or something like that. It it seems like that might be the direction that they're going with the Iconics calling out Boss and Hug on SmackDown Live. Who are also doing a great job doing that, by the way. Fantastic. And Peyton Royce looks like a million bucks right now as well. Like, she, she looks like a star. Not gonna lie, Peyton Royce legitimately does. But anyways, yeah, like that is uh, that's possibly the direction they're heading in, and I I think it'd be an okay match for sure. Like you know, it's fun. Beth Phoenix is a little bit of a question mark because she's been a while out of the ring, right? Uh, Natalia is always solid as hell. Nia Jax is bleh, Tamina's worse. Uh, and then you know that's where you kind of need the Iconics, I think, in there to help pad the talent level. Like they're not great in the ring either, but. They would they're fun and they're, they're good yeah. mm-hmm. and they create memorable moments from a story standpoint in the ring even yep. because they're fun they're, they do things character wise in the ring that like a lot of wrestlers whether they don't or they don't like let it show through as much like Iconics are characters first wrestlers second almost right like when they're in the ring they stay so true to those characters but they and then they also back it up like, hey, we know how to wrestle too. Mm-hmm. And I, I like so the they're, fact they're very fun that way. I also like the fact that you know they are calling the tag champs out, right? Like yeah. we'll, we'll talk more about it in SmackDown, but that's good to see from the Iconics because they they believe in themselves, right? They believe in themselves as a tag team, and that's good to see. Uh, what also was good to see was Triple H and Batista back in the WWE. I mean, Triple H has been around for a little bit now, but Batista actually coming out uh, on stage was really cool to see. Loved his get-up. Loved the Guardians of the... Uh, what the, what were they called? Guardians of Indies. the Independent scene. Uh, that was awesome. What a comment from Triple H there. And Batista, also known as Spitista. <laughs> get it? Uh, nice little pun yeah. there. Um, they put on a good little segment. What were your thoughts on it, man? Uh, no, I liked it a lot. I love Batista. I... Love Triple H. It got me excited. There was the hearing Batista continuously just yell, give me what I want. Give me what I, you know what I want. Like immediately all I thought was, oh, that's a soundbite for a donation on comment. Oh, we got to like, get that. I was like, that's, we gotta that's get that. <laughs> like I was like, that's yeah. Because it was so funny how like just repetitive he was about it. but. When I saw it initially, it was on Instagram, and that's the only part that I saw. When I watched the full segment, it was much better. Yes. I, I enjoyed it, and I was like, okay, yeah, that last part was a little, but he built to it, and I was excited. And I liked how he did the whole, we're doing this by my rule, not your rules, my rules. Mm-hmm. This is my, my goal. Like, yes, they're here to protect because we're going through it my way, not your way. My, I was like, oh, just keep killing it, Dave. Yep. Just keep killing it, big boy Davey. It um, was awesome. Trips, trips was great, and I'm excited for the match. I am too. Uh, is no holds barred, and I'm like, 
let's see some aggressive ass wrestling. And I love how he's, I love the line Disa said about, I'm going to go out and finish my career my way. And I'm going to finish your career my way. And I'm like, this is like a legendary match to potentially be their like retirement matches, at least for a long while from in-ring wrestling. I'm like, this is going to be a good match. This is going to be way... Um, it's gonna be way better than John Cena versus Undertaker. I'm way, <laughs> way, way better. And I also think this has potential for there to be a smoke and mirrors match, if you will, because the no holds barred stipulation allows other people to get involved with the match. I think maybe not to the extent of NWO versus DX that we saw from a few years ago, but I think to some other people coming back, I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if Ric Flair gets involved in the match somehow. Oh, yeah, I fully expect Ric Flair somehow to get involved. Like a low blow from Ric Flair to Batista, I think that needs to happen. Um, or, you, an, or an attempt to or low attempt. blow, and maybe Batista catches it, and then... Beats the Rick piss Flair, out of Rick. If Ric Flair takes a Batista bomb or a spine buster <laughs> or a spear from Batista at 70 Ooh. years old... That man is the greatest wrestler of all time. He's already considered the greatest wrestler of all time, potentially. But if he takes that at 70 years old (laughs) from Batista, who's in his 40s and just shredded. Freaking Guardian of the Galaxy, man. Like, he's Drax out there killing Ric Flair, man. Like, that will just be... uh, He just doesn't move so that he's he's invisible. Ric Flair can't see him, and then he attacks him. Yeah, that's how he does it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the Kurt Angle uh, announcement. So, saying that he is going to have one last match at WrestleMania, and it's going to be his retirement match. Um, I like that this is announced beforehand, because now we are building up to the goodbye of Kurt Angle. We've mm-hmm. we've been feeling it for a while. It's been building mm-hmm. to the goodbye. I thought the Drew McIntyre match was the goodbye match, but then he came back from that, and... It's building up to WrestleMania. So, the way that we are going, there are a couple directions that they could head in towards WrestleMania. The obvious one is John Cena. But I want to mm. ask you something, man. What are your thoughts on this thing? So, imagine Is this. it your tweet? It's I my read tweet. Your tweet. You tweet? Oh, you read it. All I right. Read it, We're yeah. going to have a conversation about it because I've my little hamster on the wheel is just turning in here. I just thought, man, it would be absolutely amazing for Kurt Angle to come on out be in the center of the ring, you know, you suck, you suck from the WWE fans. running down his face. Saying, I'm going to start this, or I'm going to finish this match off the way that I started. John Cena, I wanted to be with you, or something along those lines. I'm not a promo writer. But John Cena then, his, his music pops on, right? Crowd goes insane, it's John Cena. Doesn't come out. Maybe the crowd goes quiet again. Maybe they try his music a second time. You know, John Cena coming out? No. Confusion in the ring. Kurt Angle's like, what the heck's going on? Only for us to cut backstage, and there's some chaos. You know, that camera being down on the ground and looks up, and then it sees John Cena falling on the ground, knocked out, standing over top of him, Jason Jordan. Remember me? Dad? Danny. Dun, dun, dun. His music hits. I honestly, man, I got chills. What are your thoughts? I got to hear it. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to add one thing to the promo. Remember me, Dad? Huh? 
um no i i wouldn't mind it i would definitely not mind at all jason jordan coming back i would love to see him come back i mean he's a good wrestler it would be a nice surprise return it would be a surprise heel turn without him actually even turning technically because Mm -hmm. he's been gone right like it's just one of those things you return as a heel or a face you're not really turning and but it it's would just a return and it would close up all the loose ends with his character if he is ever to come back he could very well and i know this he is injured right or at least he's been injured for a long time if he's clear to go i would love to see him come back in this form because it closes up the loose ends and yeah. it gives him a feud with john cena in the future and it takes yeah. away a match that the fans want to see john cena versus Kurt angle because of how perfect a story is all that mm-hmm. heat would then be transferred immediately onto Jason Jordan, and you run with it. If he's injured, though, I, I, I just give us John Cena versus Kurt Angle. Yeah, I, I don't mind either way. Um, also, I will say about the promo segment as a whole, um, I really, I really announced it in Pittsburgh because that's Kurt's hometown, right? Pretty much, yeah. So he's from Pennsylvania. Like, it's just nice that you get to do that at home i agree right it's like that's nice and then also i really like that he said you know one more match in my hometown and i really liked that it was apollo cruz yeah it was it was different i wasn't expecting to see it uh wasn't expecting Apollo Cruz's music to hit. I thought there might be something to set up his Mania match that was going to happen, right? In this segment, you know, match coming out and then somebody was going to attack him or whatever. It didn't happen. Uh, and yeah, I like that Apollo Cruz. They put on a hell of a match. Man, Cruz is so yeah. good in the ring. I yeah. I said this during the stream as well. It's very unfortunate with Apollo Cruz because when he came into NXT, he was one of their biggest signings at the time, and he was hyped up to be, you know, like this future NXT champion, a future world champion, crazy athletic, decent on the microphone, you know, good luck, over with the fans already. Hell yeah. I thought, like, that was going to be a guy they were going to keep around in NXT for a little bit and push right up to the mountaintop once that spot became available. Yeah. Instead, they rushed him to the main roster, and as a result, his character has never recovered. And it's very, very unfortunate, but it's the truth. So this is the very first step, I, I believe, in actually starting to really see Apollo Crews in a bigger light. Again, in a spotlight match against Kurt Angle in his final match on Monday, well, maybe not his final match on Raw, but his final match in his hometown, that is a huge match, and it's got to be a huge honor for Apollo Crews as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think it's... I'm I'm intrigued to see where how they do this storyline. I'm intrigued to see who he wrestles at Mania. I'm intrigued all that. But I'm also intrigued to see if he's going to have matches leading up. Mm-hmm. If he does, I want them all to be one-on-one matches. I want it to just be him and someone else, someone that he has handpicked. And I think this is something that they might be going toward, where it's like, I want to I want to have these matches against these young guys that are like me, talented wrestlers like in the ring. Uh, and just like have this something to them, but haven't had that opportunity, give them that spotlight of a match against Kurt Angle. And like, they get that nice little, even if they lose, they get that nice little at the end of the match, stand there in the center of the ring with Kurt Angle, raise his hand, he raises yours, whatever. And it's almost like a passing of the torch, like to the next generation of, Hey, these guys are good too. Absolutely. And I, I wouldn't mind it if he does that. I'm trying to run through the roster in my mind of who else other than Apollo that's a face 
Because I think mostly they'd all have to be faces. Um, yeah. As faces. Like, Ty Dillinger would have been an amazing I want to see Tyler Breeze. Right? Let's throw Tyler Breeze against Tyler Breeze would be nice. Yeah. Tyler Breeze would be nice. Fandango, we had talked about on yeah. the weekend. He might be I returning think, soon. That I would be think nice. he's going to be a... Honestly, I think Fandango is probably going to be returning after WrestleMania, and don't be surprised if it's a push attached to it. Um, yeah. Some, something leads me to believe that they've got something bigger in store for Fandango when he comes back. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree, man. It's really nice to see Kurt Angle getting some one-on-one matches uh, with some younger superstars. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, Apollo Crews is a big fan of Kurt Angle growing up, and so that was... I saw his Instagram or Twitter post... And he was just so happy to have had the match. And I, yeah. and I think that's probably going to be the theme. It reminds me a lot of when Ric Flair was on his way out of WWE and when Vince McMahon was saying, next time you lose a match, you're gone. So then Ric Flair on the build to WrestleMania was facing all these random opponents, people that he probably handpicked that he wanted to have a match against. You know, and would obviously go over, but still, it gave a good spotlight to some of the younger talent. If Kurt Angle's doing that here... Kudos to him, man. Kudos There's just him. something nice. There's something nice about it. There really is. Uh, all right. So then, uh, Roman Reigns came out, and he was supposed to have his very first match back on Monday Night Raw since, uh, you know, everything that he went through. However, that was put immediately to a halt. What did he go through? Uh, leukemia. What happened? Oh, wow. I know, right? You didn't know? No. I, where was that? I don't know, but... Apparently not here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, anyways, Drew McIntyre put a quick end to that. Roman Reigns goes into the post via a Claymore. Concussion protocol comes out. I like that they're mixing concussion protocol in now. As we start to see across other sports, this becomes a thing that is installed into the sport. Why not have it installed into wrestling? I like it. I like medical stoppages in matches or in segments. I think it gives a more realistic feel to the segment. And, uh, yeah, so that then fed into the main event. We had Dean Ambrose pissed off because his brethren, Roman Reigns, just getting back, has been taken out by the coward, Drew McIntyre. This set up a, uh, what was it, false count anywhere, no disqualification, uh... What else? There was something else attached to it. Anyways, basically no rules. Oh, yeah. False count. Um, false count anywhere. No disqualification. What was the third thing Dean Ambrose said? I, I think that was it. Anyways. Yeah. There hell. was something else, but I think it just built to false count anywhere. Okay. Hell of a match. Hell of a match, man. Uh, yeah. Awesome going match. all over the arena. It, it, proving to every single fan that Dean Ambrose, when he when he is put in these like hardcore stipulations or these these matches that don't stay within the four corners of the ring, that's where he's at his best, and that's why you know we can see how over he got in CZW, right? That's that's yeah. the the John Moxley type character where he came from. That is when he's at his best, and Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose put on. A hell of a match. I loved every bit of it. Yeah, it was an awesome match. I loved a lot of things about it. I loved like the intensity of it and the insanity of it. And I loved the um the one moment over by the announce table. The Renee's reaction to the pencil. Yes. To the face. Yes, the pencil. Oh yeah, the pencil to Ooh. the face. But- 
Renee, you again not being able to hear the commentary as well, uh, not being able. Renee's reaction. If you watch back that clip, it's awesome because it's knowing her relationship, obviously, with Dean Ambrose. He's her husband, like she is his wife. It's always cool. I always like tend to focus on that a little bit more when Dean's out there and things are happening. I always tend to focus on well, what what is Renee saying? What's the reaction here? What's happening? And in that moment, her like scream was like what a little bit sounded like a little bit of a wife concerned for her husband scream, which is what you kind of like to hear, right? Fans aren't dumb anymore. Let's face it. The fans, when we watch wrestling, we are not dumb. We know what's going on with most of the superstars, at least, especially if they're somewhat involved with each other. I mean, like they're married. So (laughs) we know that. And, um, it it is cool to see that Renee Young is breaking those character barriers of being an announcer and still letting you know her emotion bleed through for Dean Ambrose. It's mm-hmm. awesome to hear. I I do wish that I got to hear the commentary a little bit more often, but yeah. obviously with the from style. a from a fantasy booking standpoint, <clears throat> I I almost would have liked it if she had some sort of interact because they got so close to the commentary. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, folks. We just had uh, about 10 minutes of technical difficulties there, so we're back in. We already don't remember where we were with our last point, so we're just going to jump right in to SmackDown Live. So, uh, Shane O'Mac, man, absolutely awesome to see that he is a heel now. I love it. I love everything about this heel Shane O'Mac, and it's been forever since we've seen him. We are finally getting yeah. some payoff to the the Best in the World tournament trophy, which is really good to see. If all the way back from, I believe it was either October, November, something like that. Really good to see a payoff, and I'm super excited to see The Miz in this full-fledged babyface run. Very excited. Yeah, I, I will say, like, technically, the Best in the World tournament, we got a payoff through the connection of Miz and Shane becoming tag team champions because that whole thing, like, we got a full storyline. What I like is that the best of in the world is still part of like, that's how long this story has been being told mm-hmm. that it's still part of the story. Shane's now, instead of being like, Oh, we're co-bus co-besties. I did it for the blue brand. I did it for you. Instead of that. Now he's no, I'm the best. And like, you're not. And I'm like, yo, this thing is just carrying on in this whole storyline. And I, I really, uh, I really, and sh- yeah, you know I love Miz. Miz is my favorite, so I'm just excited to see. My worry is I would have loved to... Well, I still am really excited to see Miz face Miz versus heel Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that it's going to be for the title, unfortunately. Yeah. Because um, it looks like Daniel Bryan will be losing the title. He should be at this point. Kofi Kingston definitely should be. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'm 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 cool with leaving it at that. Uh, so let's go on to the no contest between Ricochet, Black, the Hardy Boys, The Bar, Nakamura, and Rusev. Ended in a no contest uh, as the New Day came on out, raised some hell, attacked everybody, looked really good while doing so. All hell broke down in the ring. And then we got a great promo from the Usos backstage who essentially are... So good looking for their next challengers and essentially issuing an open challenge to everybody on the roster saying, step your game up, right? Um, absolutely awesome stuff to see. 
I believe this could be heading towards a multi-man ladder match at WrestleMania for the tag team division. That'd it's, be fun. We usually get one ladder match. match. Hey, maybe. We usually get one ladder match each year. And I mean, anytime that the Hardys are around, you normally know a ladder's going to be involved some way at WrestleMania. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if we start looking at the potential of Hardys versus the Bar versus Nakamura and Rusev versus the Usos. Maybe add in uh, the New Day there. Probably the New Day. And... Sanity, you could go Ricochet and Black, you could if you wanted to make it six, you know, whatever. There's so much potential here with this tag team uh challenge from the Usos. Where do you think it's going? I will say the way that the Usos cut their promo, the way that they said, and there's one other team, they're brothers just like you and me. Mm-hmm. It seems like the Hardys will definitely be involved in this. I agree. I agree. I don't know and, how. I don't know if it's one on one. I don't know if it's a three way. Whatever it is, I I it just it seems like a hundred percent they're involved. I absolutely agree. And honestly, man, a match between the Usos and the Hardys at WrestleMania for the tag team championships. Yes, please. Yes, please. I would yeah, love to see that. It, I I I think. It would be amazing if they do Usos, New Day, and Hardys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, would, that's just, a show-stealing match. It, Holy crap. Yeah, in a ladder match or a TLC match or something like that? Oh, please, with, and thank with, you. With that, I would almost like to see the bar added back into it just to add the muscle for that match, you know, to make it a fatal four-way. Biggie. Yeah, I know what you mean, but you know what I mean? Just a muscle team, right? Like, full-on yeah. muscle team to make it a fatal four-way. I don't know. Uh, Xavier's pretty yoked. He is do, pretty good. Do the kids still say yoked? <laughs> they do now. Um, also, cool little fact here about the Usos, though, is that they are going to be marching into WrestleMania for the third straight Mania's tag team champions. That is so cool. A really interesting. He's not going to be on the main show again. <laughs> no, they have to be this year. The SmackDown tag division. If they put yeah. Raws on the main show and they don't put SmackDown tag titles on the main show, dude, I, I don't know what to say. They just don't care about SmackDown if they do that. <laughs> like, because yep. everything points to them belonging on the WrestleMania card. Has to happen. Uh, let's go down to AJ Styles and Randy Orton, though. Hell of a promo segment between the two of them. Yep. Uh, probably the best mic work from both of them in a good time. They they both were on point tonight. Uh, I'm excited for the match. And I also love the inconsistencies that they had with telling the other person. They're both being a little hypocrites in their promo, right? Yeah. I really like that. AJ Styles essentially telling Randy Orton, you couldn't hang with us on the indies. And I'm looking at Randy Orton saying, this dude was bred for wrestling. You can't say that Randy Orton would not be successful in the indies because he would be. But then AJ Styles firing back the fact that he has had help his entire time. But AJ Styles had help as the the Bullet Club and Gallows and Anderson coming over to WWE. Saying Randy Orton ripped off the cutter. He ripped off the too sweet. I love the back and forth. Yeah, it it was an amazing promo segment. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited because you have one of the greatest in-ring wrestlers of all time in AJ Styles, one of the most talented wrestlers of being able to do the moves. Mm-hmm. And 
you have one of the smartest wrestlers, greatest storytellers in the ring in Randy Orton. The way that he methodically tells stories and slowly goes through and like a lot of people find those matches boring on Randy and they don't understand that the way that he builds it, it's the way that he tells it. It's his like there's it's easy to go at a faster pace than a slower pace, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I neither of us would know because we've never wrestled, but in my mind, it's always relatively easier to do something better at a quicker level than like super slowed down. I see what you're right? saying. Like it's so t- like for instance, think of it as a hawk, like a penalty shot in hockey. What do they always say? Go in with speed. Mm-hmm. The slower you go in, the less likely you are to score because you're not moving quick. You don't have the opportunity to the goalie reach you every way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's guys like the Patrick Canes that can go in super slow and just go in real slow, dipsy doodle, dipsy doodle, and then as they get in tight, just all of a sudden do something stupid and score. Like an RKO. Like an RKO. That's Randy Orton. He builds slow. He's slow, 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 methodical. He's thinking out every... He knows what you're going to do. He's reading the... He's a predator. He is a predator. He knows what to do. He watches the situation. He reads it out. And then he jumps and attacks. And it's brilliant. It's literal brilliance in the ring. A lot of people find it boring. But that's to each his own. And then you have a guy like AJ Styles, who's just everything that he does is incredible. No matter who he's in the ring with, James Ellsworth, he can put on a yeah. damn four-star match with James Ellsworth. So I'm I'm super excited for this match. They could have just made it a match. They didn't need a build at all. And I would have been like, this is a good match. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting a build to it as well. And promos like this. And I'm like, oh, come on. This mania, honestly, is starting to... Form starting to shape and i i was watching and they were showing a few of the matches now announced and stuff like that and then with one, other ones announced after tuesday and i'm very excited speaking of matches that have yet to be announced it's the wwe smackdown live women's championship picture what a mess what a mess so anyways we got ourselves oscar versus sonya deville on smackdown live one of those matches that when you saw it, when you saw that it was about to happen, you're like, "Oh, I'm excited for this match. I want this to be a really good one." And at the end, you're like, "Man, that was a disappointment, wasn't that?" Uh, mm-hmm. That's literally how I felt with this match. It's it's not a knock on either performer. It was just the amount of time they were given in the ring and the story of Mandy Rose with the weird trip. It, it, it wasn't much of a distraction. Yet it was enough to cost, you know, Sonya Deville the, the match. And then for Mandy Rose to be pissed off at Sonya, it was just weird. So, are we heading towards just a, another women's triple threat of Mandy, Sonya, Asuka at Mania? Is that where this is going? I don't know that it's necessarily a triple threat. What about, or I maybe a Fatal if... 4 with Naomi added in. Maybe that would work. Um, obviously, you know, Naomi and Mandy Rose do have the, the history. Maybe that would work. What's your thoughts? I I think that we're definitely building, or it seems like we're definitely building toward a fire and desire split. Mm-hmm. What I was almost hoping happened was Sonya Deville. Honestly, I was I uh, the fantasy booker came out of me, and it was Sonya Deville beat Oscar on Tuesday. 
that would have been cool. Just some way, one way or another, pin the champion, deserves a title shot, gets a title shot before WrestleMania, and wins the title. And she does what Mandy couldn't, and then Mandy versus Sonya Mania. But again, I also don't want Asuka to lose the title. There you go. I'm just thinking like that split aspect, like of Sonya versus Mandy, with the title involved in that split, it's a lot more intense. It makes me a lot more interesting than if the New Day split up with no titles involved. Right? Like, like the New Day split up wouldn't need titles. Gotcha. Because it's New Day. Gotcha. Sonya and Mandy, it's like, okay, even even if Ruby Riot and the Riot Squad split up somehow, I think with the level that they are, for me, I don't need a title involved in that split to make me interested in that storyline. Sonya versus Mandy, I don't need the title involved, but I would be a lot more interested with the title involved. There and I think they're both two players that in the women's division, if this is your championship, this is Asuka, and this is one notch down, Sonya and Mandy are right here. They're close. They're so close. They're definitely both future champions, and they're definitely both on that cusp of becoming that next superstar-esque on the women's roster. And I'm like, they could definitely be champions within the next 12 months, for sure, both of them. I wouldn't be shocked if they yeah. were, and I and I bet that they would have solid runs and enjoyable runs. And I wouldn't mind seeing what... But I also think Asuka needs a match. I don't know what it is. Is it Lacey Evans? A lot of people are pushing towards Lacey Evans. I know. But there's no story being told there. I'm like, you Thank need you. a story with that. Yeah. And I don't know. Honestly, at the end of the day, WrestleMania, you do want to try to cram as many people as possible onto the card in matches that you don't necessarily care about. With all the focus being on the Raw Women's Championship and now Kofi Kingston and now Brock Lesnar and now Roman Reigns, like they are falling further and further and further down the card to the point where we're not even sure if they're going to have a match at WrestleMania. So yeah. when you have a match and a build like that where fans are just not invested to the way that they need to be, that's where you kind of just throw a multi-woman match out there and just say, all right, girls, go down there, have a good match, steal the show or whatever, put your best effort forward, and whatever happens, we'll, we'll book into, right? That, that's the best way to probably go about this. There's no one-on-one match available that feels big enough for WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, if they built it right, they could do Naomi versus Asuka one-on-one. That, I guess, would be big enough. They do have history as yeah. a former tag team there, um, or at least a former alliance. But I don't know. I just don't know where they're going with this. What Think this. What if they did don't have a match set up, but Asuka's such a competitor that she is, that she goes out at the start, like some point in Mania and is like, open challenge. I'm not a big fan of open and, challenges at Mania. I really am not, just because I like the build, right? I'm a big fan of, the, like, the builds. Like, yeah. It's different for, like, a legend going out there and d- issuing an open challenge, but for the title, uh, for the main women's title on SmackDown Live, I, nah, I'd rather a build going into so WrestleMania. Hear, hear me out this way. What about Shayna Baszler loses on the Friday night her title at NXT TakeOver New York? Asuka holds an open challenge on Smack, like for the SmackDown women's title. Shayna Baszler comes out and beats Asuka for the title. 
Ronda wins in the main event. Shayna and Ronda, both champions. You put on that fantasy booking hat, didn't you, there, bud? <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, uh, let's move on because yeah. I'm burning through data here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So then, uh, Becky and Charlotte, we kind of touched on the segment earlier already. It was good. It was a I fine segment. It. Yeah. it was fine. Really nothing Unnecessary more on SmackDown, like you said, but it was good. Yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, Samoa Joe and Andrade versus Rey Mysterio and <laughs> R-Truth. Uh, as these four continue to interact throughout many matches, they seem to all have really good uh, chemistry in there. The result was a little weird, considering Joe made uh, uh, Rey Mysterio pass out not that long ago. It, it feels mm-hmm. like they could have kept Joe a little bit stronger, but Gotta honestly... It's 50-50 it, bookings. Yeah, it's 50-50 booking. And, and if they're leading towards some sort of match with Samoa Joe, Rey Mysterio involved, it, maybe if these three stay involved, I don't know how. It's fine. It's fine. Samoa Joe is intense as ever on the microphone. I'm okay with this. Uh, just a little, what? little weird of the uh, for the finish to go to the baby faces. I believe with yeah Samoa Joe just picking up I, the championship. I will say I really enjoyed following the the pin, and it was a roll up, which like roll up or like a not a clean clean win, yep. right? Like it was like just a roll up type pin. So it keeps them strong that way, but it also is like ah, you know whatever but i will say i loved after the match how he just got he his his anger yep. took over and like he he uh urinagi andrade it's like dude that was your teammate 13 seconds ago mm-hmm. and then you're like no ah, Boom. yeah destroy you <laughs> like and i'm like okay this is joe's character he's just a madman mm-hmm. he's insane and he hates everyone <laughs> that's so very true you nailed the Whatever that saying is, I'm not good with saying. Nailed the Joe on the head. There you go. Uh, all right, let's go to the the last match of the evening, which was Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, who I'm loving by the way right now, versus Kevin yeah. Owens and Mustafa Ali. So the the pairing of Owens and Ali continues, um, and Bryan and Rowan pick up a win. Not not just Bryan and Rowan, Rowan picking up the pinfall. Uh, mm-hmm. And the off of the iron claws, they're now calling it a choke slam on the head. I uh, it's a vicious looking finishing move, especially for a guy of his stature. Eric Rowan finally feels like I believe the guy they wanted him to be a monster yeah. type of protector role, a, a guy who's feared in the ring. But you know that's he's an enforcer. That's exactly the character that he needs. I love it. Uh, he, he did a great job in that match. It was one of those matches where it was just a good match to pass the time to get to the next segment, right? I, I don't think... Yeah. And I, like, the the win went to the right person over the right person. Like, Mustafa Ali will rebound no problem. Uh, Rowan needed the win the most in that match. So it was just a character-building um, segment, I would say. But then, we moved on to... The main thing of the evening. And this is the uh, the segment everybody's been talking about. Kofi Kingston showing his best performance in on the microphone to this date. Uh, Vince McMahon had to be looking at Kofi Kingston to say, okay, yep, you're the next champ. Literally as he was out there just screaming in the face. Not even screaming. Delivering that passionate promo. To mm-hmm. Vince McMahon, 11 years in the business, working his ass off, never complaining about anything. 
missing never his... getting to go trick-or-treating with his children yeah. way to pull on the heartstrings the tooth fairy son of a... the tooth fairy oh, that... the tooth fairy he didn't get to see the joy of his son's face because he didn't get to see him get that change from the tooth fairy that toonie from the tooth fairy oh man <clears throat> not that they have toonies but it 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 tore <laughs> it tore my heart apart uh, it made me love Kofi Kingston even more and that segment just showed the level of performer he can be. Mm-hmm. It, he has broken through the glass ceiling. He's grabbed that proverbial brass ring right now. He has to win at WrestleMania. But let's talk also about how he's going to get to WrestleMania. Having to go through Randy Orton, which is full circle with their feud. I love it. Samoa yeah. Joe, Sheamus, <clears throat> Cesaro, and Eric Rowan. Five men. In a gauntlet match. Are you kidding me? What Second a st- gauntlet match in like a month and a half or two months? What a story to tell that, by the way. Also, the fact that Kofi Kingston got over in a gauntlet match and then to have this other one again. Like, what a storytelling thing. And Kofi needs to run the entire gauntlet. Start to yeah, finish, well, he needs to run it. That See, this is that thing where... <clears throat> You and I have said, like, we'd like to know how they decide the order of the gauntlet match. Mm -hmm. And this one makes sense. Like, listen, Kofi, you can get your WrestleMania shot. You start. You're the number one person. And then it doesn't matter what the order is because there's no real point to it. Exactly. It also is funny because then, like, what happens if Kofi got eliminated? (laughs) Yeah. Do the other five just keep fighting the gauntlet match? (laughs) So that's the other funny thing. I'm like... He's gonna win, or at least make it to the final. Can you imagine? Person. Can you imagine if he just loses on the first one to an RKO and it's just done? Kofi Mania over. <laughs> like, he's what? like, he's turned around. He's like talking to New Day. He's like, yeah, no, I got this. eleven years. Biggie and Xavier like hyping him up. Eleven years. But also, shout out to Biggie and Xavier because they've oh, been really yeah. as good on the mic and during this whole run and making you get even more connected to Kofi and making it like the support that they're giving him and that characterization and the brotherhood of that. I'm like, man, this is what like friends, like if you don't have a friend that would be your Big E or your Xavier to your, you being Kofi Kingston, that's not a friendship of that. Like they're not your best friends. So what you're saying is I need to get you the hell out of here. (laughs) Like, no, because, like, I can think in my life, I have friends. If I was in that same situation, if I was Kofi Kingston, I have friends that would be my Big E and my Xavier All and right. back me like that. And I would Don't do be looking at me. Thing. Don't be looking and at I'm me. Like, no. I've got, no, I would super kick you right in the job. I know, right? Um, and then I'd be like, no, Vince, give me the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I've got friends that would do that for me, and I would do it for them. And that's, like, my brothers. That's my friends that I'm like, that is a literal brother to me. I don't care about blood i don't care about like skin i don't care about where we're from where we grew up anything i'm like that is a brother to me and i'm like i love that Mm -hmm. i love that from because that's a friendship to me and like that brotherhood that love that connection of friendship is what always gets me in movies and shows anything like that i'm like that's what always i connect with so seeing it in something like wrestling that i love so much i'm like man that's i'm so connected to this whole storyline because of it because i'm like those guys just have each other's backs they're it's just there. Awesome. It it they're really there is. For you know, they're they're truly they are probably the best storyline going on in WWE right now. And that's mm-hmm. amazing that they have uh taken that title away from 
Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey. Like, yeah. this story is just so good. It's so hot. The fans are so behind Kofi Kingston. And it's because it is long overdue. Everything they're saying in the promos is true. And fans believe it. it, it we're bought in. Mm-hmm. One last thing before we uh, finish off the show here today. I I really also enjoyed Vince McMahon's little dig at Cody and the Young Bucks there in that promo segment. Uh, basically saying, you know, Kofi Kingston, you just ride off the coattails of these Young Bucks. Hilarious. Great little dig from Vince McMahon. Uh, yeah. Who was, or what was your match of the week, I should ask you? Um, so mine's not anything that we discussed. Uh, I had the chance to watch 205 Live today, and uh, it was awesome. They had two matches on the card. Both matches were amazing. Gulak's niece was great, but my match of the week was Oni Larkin, Lorkin, Oni Lorkin, Lorkin versus Cedric Alexander. It was an awesome match because there were some good matches. There was definitely like the Drew McIntyre G match, all that, but the Lorkin versus Alexander match was an awesome match and there was a lot to happen and it just some athleticism things and story things. It was just really nice to see really cool. And uh, so if you haven't watched it, definitely watch it, get the opportunity. And um, that one's my match of the week. We didn't even talk about it, but it was really damn good. Beautiful man. Uh, for me, mine's Dean versus drew. I love the physicality with mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm a big fan of like, you know, matches that take it further than the ring that I always have been. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my match of the week. Who is your performer of the week? So my MVP, I'm going to do a, uh, a two. I, I wasn't really sure. I told you before, I wasn't really sure. And I was going to just think about it as we talked. I'm doing a split, a two person. I think my MVPs are Vince McMahon okay. and Kofi Kingston. All right. And Kofi's promo alone. And the, like my intrigue to him right now and his, allure is just making me love it so that's why and that promo was amazing and i was fully supportive of it. and then vince mcmahon because i wouldn't have that connection to kofi <laughs> if it weren't for vince. if it weren't for vince and he he's just digging in he's making it like he's st- he is amazing Vince McMahon is an amazing individual because he has always known what is truly best for business and he knows Hey, if I need to be the bad guy, I will be the bad guy and it will get you the hell over. And that's what he's doing once again. He's done it time and and time out. He did it with Stone Cold and he's doing it with Kofi Kingston right now. You're a B-plus player. You don't deserve this side opportunity. You will never be a championship material person. You don't deserve it. Oh, you want it? Fight these five mega powerful, bigger than you, stronger than you, more intense, former champions through and through. Fight them and show me that you deserve it. And even then, we don't know that that him winning it will guarantee you just screw him out again somehow. It very well could be like when the bar beat him at Fastlane, right? They they could just put an end to all of it right here and build the Kofi mania even more if they wanted to. Imagine... Kofi Kingston gets all the way down the gauntlet only for Randy Orton to hit the RKO on him at the very last person just mm-hmm. and end it. Just kind of like he did with AJ Styles where he came out of nowhere yeah. and hit it. Do that to Kofi Kingston and end everybody's dream. Like, yo. That's the other thing that like, we, we can't forget. Kofi, Kofi was the most memorable part of that last gauntlet. And he didn't win it. No, he didn't. He made it through the first three. 
Yeah. He made it through. Yeah. He made it through um, like Daniel Bryan and mm-hmm. then Joe and then um, someone else. Who was it? And then he, he fought AJ, right? Or did it yeah, only yeah, yeah, go? Yeah, no, AJ. AJ was his, uh, the guy who eliminated him. He was yeah, the one who yeah. beat him. Yeah. Who was in between there? It doesn't matter, but. Doesn't matter, but he yeah. made it either two or three people deep, lost to AJ, and then AJ lost to to um Randy. So Jeff Hardy. There we go. That's who Jeff it was. Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can't forget that like Kofi didn't win that gauntlet match. Mm-hmm. So for him to be in a second gauntlet match, and then I don't want to see him win it and people like the you know, the pessimistic wrestling fans, you know, those people oh, that those are people. most of them. Um <laughs> You know those people. Oh, we're gonna lose all of our viewers. Like, oh yeah, he's he's winning a gauntlet match against all these guys. He just killed it in a gauntlet match. I'm like, he didn't win the other gauntlet match. No, he did not. That's that's another. If that's like if Seth Rollins won the gauntlet match and then two months later won another gauntlet match, sure, we you and I might even be like, all right, you're you're making this guy a little bit overpowered. He didn't win the first one. He's able to lose. He has that, but he's got this fire and heart and. Just and there is, it. and there is something on the line now, which is all Kofi <sighs> yes. Kingston ever needed. So I am excited for next week for the Gauntlet match. We will be back again next week with all of our thoughts on Raw and SmackDown. But where can we find you on Twitter, there, Bob? Bob's Wrestling, B O B S R A S S L I N. Bob's Wrestling, B O B S R A S S L. There you go. And you can find me on Twitter at Conman167. Might as well do the cheap plug as well right there. Conman167. Uh, But until next week, I've been Con. And I've been Bob. And that was the Con and Bob Podcast.